0: Hello, welcome. Okay, so I feel like I'm looking at a crowd of my people. If you're here for the reality TV, then you are my kind of person. Um, So welcome, everyone. I know it's been a long day of a lot of amazing content, so thanks for sticking around. Um, So quick show of hands, how many of you all here watch reality TV? Okay. Okay. So like half. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, I know that you watch and love reality TV, Lizzie. Um, And that's great. So I'm going to either, if you already watch it, um, then you're going to be into this idea of finding theology in it. And if not, then I'm hoping this will like spur you on um, to watch a lot of reality TV in your future. That's really my goal. Is the the gospel of reality TV? So um, this is a judgment free zone. By the way, we are um, not bashing reality TV. We love it. Um, that's where I'm coming from, and I just invite you to come into that space with me. Um, so, the theme of this conference, as you know, is hope, and um, there's a lot of hopelessness in reality TV. Um, I'm going to outline some of these threads of hopelessness, um, but I promise that I will eventually end on a note of hope. Um, so, to begin with, Luther talked a lot about what's called the theology of hidden presence. Um, And this is basically the idea that what looks like divine absence is actually divine presence. What looks like um, a moment when God is the least present is actually a moment when God is the most present um, in terms of suffering, especially. I don't think that Luther had reality TV in mind when he said this, but that is definitely the lens that I am taking into this is we are talking about the way that God is present in the most God-forsaken places like Real Housewives of New York. Um, So on that note, Let's get started. We're going to go, we're going to overview four different shows, and I'm going to talk about a couple themes from them. Um, so let's get started with our first clip, our first show of the day. I've met the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. I've never seen her before. Here, he will choose someone to marry. Hello. Nice to hear from you. Okay. Can't say see you. Without ever seeing them. If you're ready to find the love of your life, Game time. The pods are now open. What kind of work do you do? what are some of your biggest turnoffs? So what are you looking for in a woman? Ethnicity, race, physical appearance. None of that matters. I'm really starting to emotionally connect with you. This could be a remarkable love story. You're a beautiful person. I don't have to see you to say that scared of making the wrong decision. I can't see my life without you. Will you be my wife? I am engaged to somebody I've never seen before. I hope he's just find be very attractive. Can't oh my God. God. The physical attraction is on par with the emotional connection. She has become the most important thing in my life. I want you to be a thousand percent open with me. There's my student dead. You're a white guy. She's a black woman. Let's talk about that. This marriage is tearing me and my family apart. This was fate. This is what it was meant to be. You're bringing me down. You're bringing me down. Don't insult me like that. We're getting married. That's scary. Do I want to marry him? I don't know. Do you take her to be your lawful wedded wife? So good. How many of you all have seen Love is Blind? Okay, great. Amazing. So I love this show. A quick overview of it is that you basically have all these people, men and women, who go into these pods with a wall between them, and they talk to each other, but they can't see each other. And they're just talking through this wall, and they kind of get to mingle with lots of different people, and eventually they start to like narrow down their choices and make connections. And then they, one of them proposes to the other, right? They like have decided which one is their match. They propose without ever having met in person. And then the next week or the end of that week, they finally meet in person. And then they spend the next four weeks like getting to know each other before they walk down the aisle and get married. And it is at the aisle where, or at the altar where they um, decide whether or not they will get married. So they say, you know, do you take this man? And and she says, either I do or I don't, which is insane. Like, can you imagine at your wedding, not knowing what your spouse will say? Um, so that is the general overview of love is blind. They're trying to do this experiment to show that physical attraction is not, um, the main part of falling in love. Um, and there was one line in that trailer that really sticks out to me, and it's Barnett, one of the characters, who is a whole, he's just a mess the whole time. But he, um, he says, I'm scared of making the wrong decision. And I think that really kind of encapsulates a big part of this show. So there are two issues here as far as I see it. The first is the soulmate myth. This is really Popular in reality TV. I also watch The Bachelor. That's what that's all about, basically. You have this idea that you are trying to find the one, and there is literally one person in the whole world who you have to find. And, like, if you don't find them, you'll never be with your person. It's absolutely horrifying. and Dave wrote about this some in his book, *In Inseculosity, a quick plug. Um, Esther Perel, a relationship therapist, she talks about this myth too. Um, it's this romantic Victorian idea um, from narratives and books and movies and TV, it's everywhere, that there is one person out there for you. Um, and this is really not how romance has been for all of human history, but it's, it's a narrative that we've really held on to, um, especially in light of just the media of, of our world. Um, and so what this assumes is that we are incomplete until we find our match. And when we do find that person, then all of our problems we used to have are quickly solved and we live happily ever after. Um, This idea comes crashing down as soon as the credits roll on that movie um, because the one that you found, turns out, is a very messy, um, imperfect human being who drives us absolutely crazy because of all the ways that they are not you, right? All the things that are different between you and them are those things that just drive you insane, that you thought was like the perfect puzzle piece to match up to yours. Turns out um, all those differences actually drive you crazy, right? So you're suddenly left with this reality that it's a myth, um, that we are completed by another person. Um, when, When our narratives of love fixate on this idea of finding the one, then our messy relationships made up of real people with their own baggage and their own trauma um, becomes void of all hope. We are expecting someone really, in a way, to be more than human, more than what they are. So that's kind of the soulmate myth, and we see that a lot in Love is Blind, Um, especially for poor Barnett, because he has three women that he really likes, and he hasn't been able to see them, and he can't decide which of the three is his wife who he'll be with forever. Um, And you just, like, can't feel sorry for him. It's just absurd, but um, that is what he's dealing with. He's dealing with this soulmate myth. Which one is it? Which one is it? is it? Um, and that's different than the, the Christian idea of, of marriage and commitment, um, as opposed to the idea of having, uh, finding the one, um, you realize, or you, you commit to my one, right? Commitment to a person, not because we finally found the right person, um, but because of a commitment by God, through God, um, to the reality that both we and our partners are woefully sinful and imperfect, and we will live this life of heartbreak and sin and imperfection together. So that's one of the one of the Threads of hopelessness going on in Love is Blind. Um, The other one, which I just can't get over, is the fact that they are relying on their verbal descriptions of themselves in order to get to know each other instead of experiencing a person, right? I think that this is a real problem. Mostly because I don't think that we are trustworthy to describe ourselves, I think a lot of times we tend to have rose-colored glasses about ourselves, right? And then whatever the opposite of that is for other people. We think that we are innocent, good, you know, trying our best, and that that guy over there is a complete mess. That's a narrative of, of self-justification that's really human because we're trying to protect ourselves. Um, and so... Barnett, I just keep sticking to him because his story is just so absurd, but he's trying to find the perfect wife instead of experiencing a person. You have to experience a person in order to be in a relationship with them, not just hear what they think of themselves. Which is why, spoiler alert, so many of the relationships on Love is Blind don't work. Um, it's not inherently because of looks, although I, I think people do tend to be shallow, so I won't discount that. And I also think, like I don't really think that looks shouldn't play a role um, necessarily. I don't know that one of the characters of the most recent season got in, like a lot of trouble for saying that, but um, but it's part of just being human. It's just it's just a factor. Um, so it's not. I don't think it's so much or it's only or maybe primarily because of looks or you thought they looked a certain way and then they didn't, whatever. I think it's because we just don't describe ourselves accurately, right? The way we actually are. Um, And also our descriptions fall short of the complicated and messy and interesting people that we are. People are so much more complicated than the little descriptions that we try to give. Um, Which means I think it's better not to describe ourselves at all, perhaps. Maybe let those who know us describe us. Um, Maybe we can let God describe us. Um, Next slide, please, maestro. Um, God says to Israel, the heart is devious above all things. It is perverse. Who can understand it? Ouch. But also God I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Both things are true for God. Unending and relentless love towards the people who are most perverse and um, least deserving. So this problem of self-description moves us to our next show. So let's watch our next show trailer. Circle, can I see Alana's profile? I'm a full-time model. No. On social media, you can be anyone. Let the games begin. And say anything. Okay, okay, let me think. So who would you be if $100,000 was on the line? Welcome to The Circle. What's up, Circle? A new social experiment where players don't meet face-to-face what they only communicate through the circle 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 take me to my profile oh man this is better than christmas but what happens next my game plan is just to be myself must be seen to be believed a new player has joined the circle the new queens came out with claws i hope you all you say you are because i'm not (laughs) no way in the circle i'll be playing my girlfriend rebecca (laughs) this is nuts here we go honey and nothing is off limits my crazy cramps get really bad what? Get ready for surprising twists. There's one thing that I have been keeping from you. Whoa. Here is a photo of the real me. What? Shocking reveals. She's been blocked from the circle. Before I leave, she can meet one player. Hello. And all the drama. The biggest risk that anyone can take is to be yourself. Somebody's dream is about to end. I could really be going home right now. we got to pick someone with block. This game will turn you inside out. The circle has no chill. This is gonna get ugly. I love it. The circle, a must-see three-week event. It's gonna be real juicy. I hope y'all got a cup. Only on Netflix. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, So a quick overview of the circle. Basically, it's actually kind of similar to Love is Blind. We just love the idea of like social media in real life. But... um, they're all, there's all these contestants that are in an apartment building, but they are in their separate apartments and they don't see each other. And they just talk through the circle, this like instant messaging platform, um, each week. So they get to know each other. They kind of form alliances and each week they have to rank each other, um, in terms of the, their favorite person to their least favorite. And at the very end of the show, they all f- compile their rankings, and one person, the, the person at the top who is the most popular, wins hundred thousand um, dollars. So they are trying to figure out their strategies here, right? Like, do I be myself um, and just try and come from an authentic place and like make friends and like just do this like really honestly, or do I um, totally pretend to be someone else? a person who I think would be most likely to be the most popular and to win. And some of them choose to be honest and some of them don't. And it's so funny. Um, and I think the, the line from this trailer that really uh, kind of encapsulates this idea is, the biggest risk anyone could take is to be yourself. That was Shuby, who's the best character on that season. Um, the biggest risk anyone could take is to be yourself. On the internet, we curate, right? Whether you're on social media or not. It's just a big like museum of art curation. Um, We present ourselves as funny, as smart, as beautiful, as well-traveled, as woke and popular. Meanwhile, we watch others on social media um, and we feel isolated by those interior demands um, it is a risk to be yourself. First, because we wonder what someone might think of the real me, um, but also because maybe we're wondering to ourselves, like, who is the real me? And I think this is especially a pertinent question for young people, especially teenagers right now. Um, and I think it's really important that we consider that, like, what is what is the internet doing to this idea of self-image, and where does God come into this? Where does the gospel come to, into this? Um, so, there's a fear here of being found out as not as smart, not as funny, not as woke as we wish we were, or as we think we should be. Um, a fear of not being liked or not belonging. People desire influence and popularity like they desire control. We want to control the narrative of who we are and how we present to people. And even striving for authenticity can be inauthentic, right? Anytime we're focusing so much attention on ourselves and how we are being perceived, we we take ourselves out of that relationship or interaction completely so that that relationship or interaction or friendship really becomes about me right not about an interest or a care for another person but about what is that person thinking about me right now right even even trying to be authentically myself is still about me being so focused on controlling the narrative of myself keeps me from having any genuine interest in another person. And of course, this is human, I think. I, I don't point this out to shame us. I don't point it out to shame um, Shuby or any of the other contestants um, They're trying to win $100,000. I don't know what I would do to try and win $100,000. You know, like, all bets are off. But the point is that we are both known and loved by God. There's no packaging ourselves up like we do on social media. God knows it all already, the actual self that we are. Can we go to the next slide, please? Thank you. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. This was true for the contestants on the circle, right? No one else could see what they were doing behind closed doors. And so we present ourselves to one another, but God sees our actual selves and sees all of it and loves us completely in all of it. All of it is taken up in love by God. So our next show is my very favorite. I'm just really excited to share it with you all. Um, this is The Real Housewives of New York. And um, really at the core, this show is about female friendship. Um, and it is incredible. If you haven't watched it, I just cannot recommend it enough. Um, it's very like trashy um, for sure, but there's so much in it and it's so good. Um, so because it's all televised, um, everything about their friendships comes to light. So the friendships end up being brutally honest. Like they just say terrible things about one another. Um, And so this calls for apologies. And they are always, someone is always apologizing for something on Real Housewives. Um, So let's take a look at some um, really terrible apologies. You're lucky I'm not stabbing you with a knife. I'm really sorry that you you misunderstood. You hurled water at me, I hurled what I had in my hand. I don't want to apologize, okay. I just want to understand each other. Luann, I'm sorry you misunderstood Luann. I'm sorry you got hurt, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm so sorry your feelings are hurt. I am so sorry there was a miscommunication, that the waiters told you the wrong thing. Oh my gosh, so good. I'm sorry you got hurt. Like, that's just so, I had what, you hurled something at me, I hurled what I had at you. Like, she just cannot, she tries to apologize all the time, and they always come out terrible. Um, People, especially Ramona Singer, are bad at apologies. Because it's hard to admit when you're wrong. Admitting we are wrong is letting go of the narrative that we fiercely hold to, that we are right and righteous. But of course, relationships work so much better um, when we're able to admit our mistakes. When we don't expect perfection from ourselves, we can have real and honest relationships and maybe even good apologies. So this kind of honest relationship is the relationship that we have with God our righteousness is not self-imposed. It's not a matter of me um, making my own righteousness by just like never making a mistake. Like, that's impossible. Um, if that were the case, none of none of us, you know, would have any righteousness at all. Just sort of the point. Um, our righteousness is not something that we create. Our righteousness is something given to us by a righteous God. God has clothed us with the righteousness of Christ because we just do not have it in us ourselves. Which means that we don't have to hold on to it so fiercely as if someone can take it away. No one can take it away. We can be free to be human, free to admit our mistakes, and know that we are clothed In the righteousness of God. Ramona Singer is clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And I really wish that she knew that all the time because maybe she could apologize a little bit better. Um, But that's why we talk about the gospel. That's why we say the same old song because we need constant reminders of the fact that our righteousness comes from Christ alone. On the next slide. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord; my soul will exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation; he has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and sometimes by the power of the Holy Spirit that makes apologies a little bit easier. So I'm going to show another Real Housewives clip. Um, this one is confusing, so don't worry about all the different characters. There's one interaction that I'm really going to talk about, but just maybe enjoy the like, absurdity of these relationships and friendships. Um, so let's start with that. Marathon, you never even said congratulations. So you I said Luann's a loser. I thank you, Luann's a loser? What did you just did say? Why did I say Luann's a loser? Because Why, I was you, texting you, you said, you how's say? the running going? And, and I, I said, I just. Loser? And I said, you know, I just ran the half marathon, it was two hours and 54 minutes, and then you said something about Luann. So what did you say you about me? me? you're a loser. I wasn't going to give oh. it Did I or did I not Great. send you two characters? Yes. And I sent I'm a loser. Really? Why would you call me a loser? I really don't know. I, I, I don't know that I did. Did you say that? I called you a puppet. I swear to God, I don't we think were I... am talking about that? That? When did I say Luanne's a loser? If I'm a loser, I'm a loser. the rest of no, the world sucks. Loser? Really? If I'm a loser, God, I mean, right? Do I look like a loser to you? If I'm a loser, the rest of the world is... <laughs> that's how i feel personally about myself because i think i'm great i'm done right now i'm done right now do you think it's good to just say your piece and say okay i'm done leave me alone like leave me alone oh my yeah are you like the victim here you guys really love each other you really have a great relationship tonight 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 you can make it okay Here's the thing. For me, I don't think it's so much tit for tat, who's right, who's wrong. What needs to get out is feelings are hurt and why isn't our friendship the same as it was. Don't try to make it okay all the time because that doesn't work yeah, all the time. Yeah, it does actually do Today it. I mean, it was the real sh**. you right? okay do it as well. I <laughs> Those boobs. I it. I you don't care enough about our friendship to really come to terms with the stuff that you may have said, the stuff that you feel I've said, it's just sad. Friendships are about understanding each other. And to me, it just seems like Bethany only wants to understand her point of view. And that makes me sad because I know she's hurting inside. I know she's really hurting. It's, it's impossible I don't know to talk it, to you. It's impossible. It's impossible to talk to me. No, you, you care about the friendship. friendship. Just tell me you it's just care crazy. about the she friendship. She knows I care about the friendship. Oh, you think I would tolerate do you think this conversation you think I would if I didn't, I, didn't I didn't care about the care friendship? You I, I would out tolerate on unpleasant talking? conversation. Do you think this I is would... ridiculous. That you at this ridiculous. table would go and be a seven-year-old and go, she calls you a loser. How old are you? I know you want to be 45, but don't act seven. It's ridiculous. No, the fact that you just did that is such a betrayal such a betrayal! I don't know if I called her a loser. I've often thought she was a loser. But I certainly wouldn't have thought you'd be the one to bring it up tonight. That was Wait, What's more sh** is that she brought it up, but you actually said it. No, I really don't know that I said it. Let's talk about sh**. No, Luann, listen. Oh, it's gotta be six sorry. months, by the way. How many things have you said about me? You're like no. piling on for I no know reason. Things about you. I don't even know that I did, did you say, you say it, that? I, but I it's know. very likely that I did. Look at me. Do I care what you think about me? I hope not. <laughs> not yes, one second. Well, do you care that you have lipstick on your face? I do. Okay. Where is it? <laughs> you kiss I do care me. what I think about you. I care what you think about me. You care. I do care. Yeah. Okay, okay, I, I take go, it back. All right, I, sit I take it back. You swanky, boozy boy. Enough. We're getting nowhere. This is nonsense. This is, you know. I have said something negative about everybody in this room at one point or another. But I don't expect my good friend to call (laughs) attention to it. Arguing with Bethany isn't uncomfortable. It's just incredibly frustrating because she could never admit to doing something less than perfect. And it's really, it's not a good quality. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy that, like, I got to be the one to bring Real Housewives of New York to this sanctuary. I just feel like this is such a big moment, Um, and I'm just, I feel really proud. Um, So there is so much wisdom about friendship um, in this very messy clip. There's a lot going on, but the moment that I am obsessed with is that moment when Luann confronts Bethany about her maybe calling her a loser. Um, and the whole time I mean, six women, and they're all just talking about that. Bethany called her yelling about Bethany calling Luanne a loser, but Luann, you know, she gets up and she says, you know, I don't care what you think about me. And Bethany says, Oh, you don't. Well, do you care that you have lipstick on your face? Oh yeah. Yes, I do. Just kidding. Oh yeah, I do care. I do care what you think. Um, It's just the most hilarious, like, flip from anger to forgiveness. And um, these are the moments of friendship that get these women out of their self-obsession with being right for long enough to remember that they actually care about each other. And I mean, this is hard to do. Like, I'm trying to, you know, put myself in their shoes. Imagine if you were on TV and someone was saying something about you, I mean, I would want to set the record straight, right? Like, I wouldn't want something to air that was, like, wrong about me. I would feel that sense of, like, I have to get this right. Um, So I, I understand, or I can imagine, I'll say, I can imagine why they're so defensive. But it's that moment of, like, just relinquishing control that Bethany finally uses in order to turn things around and remind Luann that they do love each other. So all of these shows have that common denominator of sin, of self turned inwards on itself. The sinful self-obsessions, right? Wanting to prove ourselves, wanting to defend ourselves, that cause problems at times in relationships, These shows highlight the narratives in our world that cause so much hopelessness. Reality TV is just another outlet for these narratives. So why did I just give a talk on the hopelessness of human nature in reality TV during a Christian conference about hope? That is a very valid question. And it's not just because I wanted to show Ramona Singer from the sanctuary. Um, It's because what the gospel tells us is that we need to start with hopelessness before we move to hope. We need to start by recognizing the hopelessness of being human, all the ways that we fail, in order to get down to the heart Of our fears and insecurities, because it's the heart of us that God is so concerned with. This is where we find enough humility to finally realize that we need help and we need hope. And this is where we are met every single time by a merciful God. It's at the end of ourselves, the hopelessness of our love lives, the hopelessness of our curated internet selves and the hopelessness of friendships, that we can finally return to the truth that our actual real self is loved dearly by God. So, I'm going to show one last show, or talk about one last show, um, to illustrate what starting with this sense of hopelessness in our Uh, relationships does. So let's watch this next trailer. Hello, bakers. Welcome to the 10. Same old bacon. This is it. Familiar, comforting, lovely. You ready those magic words? Yes. Okay, I'll set you up, yeah? Okay. You say it. All right. Okay. Okay. On your mark. Bake. I am petrified. That's given me quite a few sleepless nights. Here we go. <sighs> What's the stalk made from? You're not meant to eat that. No, I know that now. <laughs> I'm doing a kick bust of Charles Darwin. I thought the back-off tent is a little bit like the survival of the fittest. So true. <laughs> oh, I'm really worried that that's not cooked enough. Oh, this is stressful. This critical moment. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming now, <laughs> Noel. Yeah. Oh, my God, yours is about to <gasps> fall off. We must be completely mad. Who in their right mind? <laughs> it really is a pleasure to eat it. Oh, that means so lot. Mm. Do you like it? Um, oh, go on, say you like it. Actually, I love it, yeah. Yes! Even the music is so sweet. Like, it's just the biggest tone shift from the other shows. So... Great British Bake Off. Obviously, you've all seen it. Um, It's a competition show in which they actually seem to like each other, the contestants. They actually seem to support each other and enjoy themselves. Um, And this could just be like Brits being polite on TV, but I choose to believe that they are actually having as much fun as they seem to be. So why is this show different from other competition shows or other reality TV? I think it's because of amateurism. These are self-proclaimed amateurs. They have lives outside of baking. They have other careers that they focus on. They have families. They have friends. They bake for those people in their lives because they love to do it. And I wonder, as we're thinking about this human hopelessness in love and in friendship and on the internet, how might things change for us if we took ourselves a bit less seriously? We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ by faith. So we are free to let go of the need to be right, to let go of the need to present well on the internet and in person. We are free of the need to be the right match in love. How might things change if we saw our lives and our life experiences as a reality show of amateurism? We are amateurs at relationships, We are amateurs at being human at best. And when we can admit that, when we can admit our sin, admit our hopelessness, we are finally at a place where we can seek some help. And also at a place where we can love one another, where we can bake a cake because we want our loved ones to enjoy it, not because we need something at all what we do becomes more enjoyable, I think. So this is where hope really comes into the picture, being an amateur. Um, So I'm going to end with one more trailer. This is um, the British version of the show's trailer. And I just think it's so strange and so funny to see like the cultural differences there. Um, So let's watch one more. Look at me. Every day is so wonderful. It's hard to oh. Oh. It's hard to breathe. Sorry. I'm not now and then I get insecure. From all the pain. I'm so ashamed <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> words on bring me down oh can't love you anymore will be singing rain words are bringing me, me down oh. so don't you bring me down today let the baking season commence Yum. the great british bake off coming soon to channel 4 that's so cute. I love that so much. I found that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect. Um, I mean, the song, you are beautiful. I think admitting our amateurism is such a relief. It's a relief from insecurity. It's a relief from fear. And it's a relief that is followed very closely by love and mercy and joy and hope so thank you all for watching some clips with me i hope that this just inspires you to like do a big deep dive especially into real housewives of new york but any show is great um yeah thank you all so much